Welcome to Breakfast with Patton Heels on this Tuesday, 27th of February. And brought to you by Burbank Homes, a builder to trust. Bank on Burbank Homes and Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona N-Line. And if you want to join us, join us at any time on the Suncorp Home Resilience open line on 13 13 55, or you can hit us up on the SEN text line 0467 736 736. Oh, good effort, mate. Real good effort. That's not bad off the bench, Heels. That is Obviously incredible. No Paddy today. That's so. your first paragraph of hosting. There we go. Not off, one off, stumble. Off and racing. Not one inconsistency. Beautiful. Where the hell is he? Mm, well, he's got a few things to do. I think he's down the nation's capital today, yeah. uh, talking to some politicians and taking the king. I think Big Wally's down there with him. Yeah. Trying to get a little bit of money in the skyrocket for some good cause. Yeah, I, I hope they're taking a broader, um, uh, you know, broader span of people mm. and recipients, mm. and uh, you know, maybe patients of dementia, you know, younger person, uh, old people, uh, sports people, so that uh, everyone gets a, a real feeling for what this is in society. You yeah. know, not just in sport. Um, it's it's something that probably needs a whole lot more research. And it's going to be expensive. Yeah, it certainly does. So happy to come off the bench for Paddy while he's down there flying the flag for a very good cause. Now, it's a big show, big show today. Obviously, the NRL season is only days away now. So we're going to head over uh, live to the USA in about 30 minutes to catch up with Bomber Bedell, the chief ed- editor of the Courier Mail. So we'll see uh, what he's been up to. The Broncos have been... Out and about, haven't they? They've been living it up. <laughs> Which means the journos have got to go too. <laughs> we're like, where, where are they now? Where are they? And off they go. It's one of those one of those events over there that uh, every day there just seems to be something bigger. Um, you know, just around the corner, we'll hear from Jason Saab, who has spent a little bit of time <laughs> on, on on some talkback radio. Is he the there. right one to put well, up? Well, out of all the players you could have picked, there are four teams and they've gone with Jason Saab. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll hear what he's got to say on, on some of that. What about uh, when the hosts, he was talking about the four teams that were over there and the hosts sort of go, oh, the, the Rabbitohs, what, is that a real critter? <laughs> is that a like yes? It's a they're rabbit, mate. We'll also hear from New Zealand Test cricket legend, iconic cricket commentator, SEN's own Ian Smithy Smith. With uh, he'll stop by just after seven to uh, run us through how Australia's prepared to face New Zealand in a two-test match trans-Tasman series mm. starting on Thursday. He'll so you'll have plenty to say about that. Yeah, we haven't been there for eight years to to play a test. Mm. That's not good enough. And uh, you know, I'm screaming out for. Uh, uh, like a Bledisloe every year in February, yep. like we're having right now. Uh, we can be one, one, two tests at home. It can be one. We're that close. It can be one test at their their home and one test at ours yeah. straight away, like footy does. Mm. Um, we don't have to go through pre-season, pre-tour, anything. Just get into it. Just get straight into yeah. it. And uh, track cycling superstar and Paris uh, Olympic gold medal, just nearly just under six months away, uh, we'll hear from uh, Matt Richardson, who will join us just after 7.30. So uh, plenty to happen on the show. But the NRL season, we're only just days away. We'll get into a little bit of analysis, uh, particularly from my point of view, on the four Queensland sides and where you think they might might finish. So mm. uh, any listeners out there at the moment, if you want to do if you don't want to join us, the open line thirteen thirteen fifty five or O four six seven seven three six seven three six to uh, get your view on where you think uh, the four Queensland sides will finish this year. So uh, big show coming up, Heels. Big show coming up. Mm, the, the, we found out about Tommy Gilbert. 
And it's not good, mate? No, we did. Uh, it was obviously the, the the most kept secret, and, and it's the throwaway line for all clubs. Until you get a scam, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, ha- we'll ha- wait and see and have a look. But the certainly didn't look good. Certainly didn't look good for Tommy Gilbert. And I said on Benny Davis's show yesterday, uh, I think that the fact that Tom Gilbert is now not part of the season for the Dolphins, that, that puts a red line through them of trying to make uh, the finals. Now, right I thought there was a huge possibility that the Dolphins would be able to make the finals if a few things fell their way. Mm. I just think he is the heartbeat of what they do. I think he is the the DNA of what their uh, side stands for and to not have him in the side uh, for the duration of the season is certainly going to be difficult. Mm. So, Guys, have you seen one of those ACL scans? I have, yeah. Is it really clear that the is ligament much, is busted? Yeah, yeah, very much so. But um, generally when you see a player, uh, you know, that doesn't have any contact um, and they do go yes. down in, the, in, the, in that fashion that it generally sort of um, uh, suggests that the ACL is torn. But, yeah, it is, it is detached off the kneecap. So mm. that's what the scan does look like. But – um, yeah, I'm sure Wayne Bennett and Christian Wolfe and all the people out there at uh, the Dolphins will certainly have, uh, and I hope they do prove me wrong, I just think it's going to be very difficult for them to play in semifinals without Tommy Gilbert. It's always about their depth, eh? It is. And, and getting injuries at the right time in the right positions where they do have some cover, and that one doesn't fit any of those criteria. Mm. But, but They needed Tommy Gilbert. As we uh, as we do count down, obviously to Vegas and and what an event that is going to be, historic event. Uh, there was some cricket played overnight, heels. Yes. And uh, Benny Stokes had uh, had this to say. It was a great test match. Um, you know, if you look at the scoreboard, India win by five wickets. Uh, I don't think it really gives enough credit to to sort of the game as a whole. You know, the amount of ebbs and flows. You know, every single day that happened. Um, and you know, I've got to give so much credit to you know our spinners, uh, Tom Hartley, Shoal Bashir, to come out and put in that performance uh, throughout the whole test match. But in particular today, you know, being exposed in situations like that at such a you know early start of their career. I mean, incredible. Uh, I couldn't be more proud of those. Two in particular, but obviously very proud of the team throughout this whole week and what they've thrown at India. And it was a very good finish by India. Mm. They were under pressure. They only had to chase 190, Mm. and they they were five for like 100 and got it done. And again, the wicketkeeper, Jurel, brand new. Mm. Brand new. He's been thrown in at every level of cricket. T- T20, uh, IPL, he's been thrown in before that in his uh, provincial team. He's been India A and and got jobs done, big jobs done with the bat. He made 90 in the first innings. And then he's come in and joined Shobman Gill, a 23-year-old, I think, and Jarrell's 23. So there's a decade there about to play for mm. India. And they beat in England. Um, the, those England spinners that uh, Stokes talked about there, they tired. Um, but you're never sure whether they get, get tired or it's the pressure the bat, batsmen are putting on them. They started to advance. They started to run much better between wickets. They started to push the field around. And they got the job done. It was incredible uh, patience mm. and, you know, resilience under pressure by two young men that got that job done. Mm. Um, it's interesting, eh, Stokes, he, they, England... They still want recognition <laughs> for a great match they played in. You know, just that's what Test cricket is, mate. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've got a t- uh, text coming on the uh, on the text line. Morning, boys. Yeah. Dave from the Goldie uh, here. The Poms claiming a moral victory over. <laughs> <laughs> Again, never gone for India so much. That's probably fair <laughs> to say. He could feel right? himself just <laughs> willing uh, India to win. I, I, was, I was torn because 
uh, there's a fifth test starts March seven, yeah. and you know it's two all in, and it's gonna it would be a great climax to the series. Uh, so I thought, oh, if England do that, we'll get a good test in March seven. But India deserve it because these two young blokes are going real well. Uh, it was very interesting. One thing I didn't like about the test, and and there's English commentators saying that's one of the best tests they've ever seen. Yeah. And I was shaking my head to myself. When, you know, Ben Stokes got out LBW once. It hit him just above the bootlaces. And then the second innings, one hit him just above the bootlaces and went on and bowled him. So he was out LBW and bowled <laughs> from balls that just skidded along yeah. the ground. In and, and the game only went for three and a half days. There should be another day and a half of it, mm. and and India have got to got to get their wickets much more conducive to five day cricket. Yes, and and get that contest going from three and a half days to five oh. days of good stuff. You mentioned about Sherman Gill and and the the youth that they have in that side. He had something to say along uh, along those lines also. It means the world to us, you know. We coming. Coming here, having to play the series with uh, not much uh, batting experience in the in the batting lineup, and having lost KL by uh, after the first Test match, obviously there were some nerves going into the Test matches. But I think the way Rohit Bai backed all of us, and the way Rohit Bai gave us the confidence to you know just go out there and play and express yourself, we have played quite a bit of first-class cricket. You know, just think this is no different. Mm. Sure, Gill, you know whose father-in-law is? No, My, uh, is or might be. Sachin Tendulkar. There you go. <laughs> it is or might be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not sure they're married yet. Right. That, that's, uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so there's a dinner table. Uh, Shorban Gills is an incredible player and at such a young age, and so too is Jarrell and the Indian side, both teams, actually, filled yep. in for experienced injuries yep. extremely well. And and they played in highly committed ways for that three and a half days, and and so it's just the conditions that could have allowed it to go a bit longer if it were, if they were better. Now, just want to run this by your heels while we got a couple of hours together, and just want you to think about like we, there's a topic we we're talking about yesterday in regards to um, NRL franchises and and players that you think you must have. So if you had a, an open war chest and you're starting a new team, who that number one player or that number one pick <laughs> would be for you? Uh, so have a think about it. But yesterday on Ben Davis's show here on SEN, I, I I went on to say that my first pick would be Nathan Cleary. Mm-hmm. And I did then go on to say, and I stand by it 100%, I think at the end of Nathan Cleary's tenure or career, he will be the greatest halfback that yeah. the game has ever seen. And, and and very much think that. I mean, he's he's still 25. He's got three. <laughs> three it's unbelievable, isn't three, it? Three championships under his belt. Um, he's got a World Cup. He's done everything in the game. He's got uh, he's got his uh, his origin um, credentials, and uh, and I guess to some degree there has been a knock or a bit of a concern from from people uh, that he hasn't dominated in the Origin series. Now, I think that's still yet to come, but um, like to mm. I'm sure everyone out there, if you've got uh, does he lack creativity? No, not at all. Okay, well, you know, I like the Wigan game. It, if he was, if he was, uh, you know, in season, yeah, it's very. You can expect, you can understand why it, he didn't crack that that game mm-hmm. um, because he, you know, a bit pre-seasonish. You, you know, that sort of creativity. Does he need a five-eight to provide that for him? Well, he didn't have one in the grand final. He lost his life. Oh, no. He was his creator. No Jerome Luai, and he found a way to get the Penrith Panthers and, home. How so. do you think he did that? 
because he he hasn't got he's got a, uh, he's got a good enough speed level, hasn't he? Understanding of the game and where those holes are, where up. they were, oh, the deficiencies goodness. and the like. So anyway, have a think about it. See what uh, what player comes to mind as Vanessa has come into the newsroom. She's going to run through all the big stories. Good morning. Well, in the news this morning, hot topic: the gender pay gap. Yeah, now this it pops up every year. It really does, and you know we see employers come out and say, "Oh, this is something we're working on." Oh no, it doesn't exist here. Well, we've got some data today that shows just how stark the problem is. On average in Australia, women for doing exactly the same job take home about $18,500 less each year than their male counterparts. Mm. So it is real. It is happening. Industries like uh, the airlines, the banks and construction companies are among the worst. Uh, In businesses with 5,000 or more employees, Virgin has the most significant discrepancy, a gap of 41.7%. Qantas comes in at 37%. These are huge. Like this is people doing exactly the same job. (laughs) If you're a man, he's 41% extra. Have you got your head into this, Vanessa? What would one of those jobs be, for example, that you wouldn't pay them the same? Yeah. I I don't know. That's the thing. We haven't drilled down to that level. It's amazing. Logically, it makes no sense. It really doesn't. And yet, you know, because these pay negotiations are always kept very private and, you know, employees wouldn't necessarily be sitting around talking about it in the lunchroom. Um, But yeah, when this kind of data is published, it's when it becomes so obvious. Uh, You know, Some of those Qantas girls, they can talk in the galley. Yeah. (laughs) It's easier loud, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But look, maybe being named and shamed will prompt some of these companies to actually do something about it. The airlines are, but a lot of them are female dominated companies too. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Some of the clothing brands where they're all about female empowerment, um, they're some of the worst as well. Uh, But the good ones, we'll point them out as well. Supermarkets in general have very small pay discrepancies and McDonald's, no difference. There you go. So, so get to Mac's <laughs> on, on ama- top It's there. amazing how they can work out a difference. It's amazing yeah. they can well, get you away just pay with that. for that I position. Know. Exactly. That is exactly what you would think. Anyway, go figure. Now, uh, look, there was a a lot of sadness at the end of last year when a well-known footy legend from the Darling Downs, Peter Rosa, was killed in a traffic crash. He was on an e-scooter when he got hit by a car. Now, he was well-known for his playing days with the Collegians Rugby League Club in Warwick in the 80s, part of the Warwick Cowboys in the Toowoomba Rugby League comp Mm. back in the 80s as well. Um, Yeah, sadly killed in a crash between his e-scooter and a car. Well, police have now laid charges over that crash with a 20-year-old man set to face court in April. And look, it's a big farewell today to Taylor Swift. Oh. She has wrapped up her tour. Happy to see Taylor. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, come oh, on, hard, man. Harsh. I was in Sydney over the weekend and everything was Tay-Tay. The, yeah. Everyone I sat next to, everyone, everyone <laughs> what, I saw. You're a bit jealous? Well, you just over it. A little bit over. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll, we'll go to Singapore now. <laughs> no Six chance. shows. Although there <laughs> yes. is, there's people that follow her at yeah. every show. It's incredible. It's like a cult. 
Well, some of the stats too, she had four shows in Sydney. They're estimating about $150 million pumped into the economy there over the week that she was there. They think that around 45% of the concert goers were actually from interstate or overseas. So, yeah, people absolutely do travel to see her. I wonder if they, um, they count the Western Australian cricket team in that because <laughs> they couldn't travel anywhere yes. to get to Sydney. They were going all over the shop. Oh, they ended no. up winning. Did they go to the concert? I uh, hope not because <laughs> they would have had the dirts with her, yeah. like making it so hard to get to yes. a final. Yeah, but incredible. Like she's off to Singapore now, first show Saturday night, doing another like six shows in Singapore. She doesn't stop. All she just, sports, three and a half yeah. hours nonstop. Like, I, yeah, I watched, non-stop she's got stamina. I watched her documentary yeah. last night. Miss America, Mark, uh, Miss Americana. Yeah. She's so insecure. Uh, I think it was mainly around the tw- 2018 period, that, that yep. doco. So she, and, and the new Tay-Tay is yeah, out. Yeah, I think she's really. Yeah, she's got a voice. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Okay, thanks, Vanessa. We'll take a short break. I'm sure you'll be back later in the show. And we'll get back to your text messages after the short break on the SEN text line. You're listening to SENQ, Brisbane's home of sport.